Hello everyone, welcome back to the uh, second half of our live show. This was a scheduled start, rather than a rogue cushion, which uh, caused our, <laughs> our initial false start on the, uh, on the first ring, but we have now... Velocity pads. If, if we haven't been preparing the uh, highlights stuff earlier, it wouldn't have happened. So no, you're right. You're right. Uh, we've got some really exciting stuff hopefully coming up for you. We don't want to share too much away at the minute, but uh got some really exciting stuff coming up for you. But we are going to move on to the second half of our show, which, of course, as always, is our hot topics. And, of course, is the start of the Libero podcast. So welcome to the Libero podcast for those who are listening. Um, and don't forget, guys, during this chat, you can crack on and uh, speak to us through the chat on Facebook, on Twitch, or you can tweet us at the Libero Online. Hopefully, below you can see the starting lineups as well for Chelsea and Spurs. They have been released. We'll go through them during our watch along preview, which will follow the hot topics. But we will begin with the first hot topic discussion, which this week can only really start in one place. Of course, Argentina, Napoli, Barcelona, Boca Juniors, plus many other teams. Legend Diego Maradona passed away um, last week on Wednesday to. Most much of the shock of most of the footballing nations around the world, not particularly felt in Argentina and Italy, where obviously you play this trade uh, for Napoli. Uh, lads, were you shocked when you heard the news, Dan, that Diego Maradona passed away? Um, yeah, I was. I, I mean, I didn't. I wasn't aware of his health being in a, you know, not very good condition or anything like that. To be completely honest with you, yeah, he he went for a. Did he have an issue with a, a brain tumor or some description? I think a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I don't want to speculate, but he was in hospital. I think for some surgery anyway, uh, in the last month or so. So I don't think he was he wasn't in the best health anyway. Let's be honest. Um, with um, hasn't been for a few years, but um, six years old when he passed away. Um, Will uh, was he? Dan, I know what your reaction to this is going to be. A lot of a lot of outpouring of emotion, particularly in Argentina, particularly in in Italy, as we mentioned. You don't see him as arguably one of the best players that's ever lived. You're no. you, you, <laughs> why why not? Why not? What's the reason for the defence that he's he's not the one of the best players? That's ever? Do you think he's what? First of all, if you were to put him in, would you put him in your top five? I think I think I would put him in a team of like a best eleven or something like that. But oh, United have scored. I joke him. No, I I understand he went to this Napoli team who were horrendously bad. Yeah, I wouldn't say horrendously bad. They were mid-table. Sort of, I think they finished 13th the season before he arrived. All right. So they weren't Fulham by any stretch of the imagination then? No, no. But they, they certainly weren't uh, a leading Italian side, you would say. Considering this, that no one from the south of the Italian peninsula had ever won the league before mm. Napoli won it in 1980, uh, in 1989. I mean, no, I'm going to be wrong. He's a good player. Do I think he's the best in the world? Um, 
I'm not on the bandwagon of. I just want to put this out there. I'm not saying or trying to. Um, uh, what's the word? Um, like downgrade his death. The man. The man died. That's you know. Thoughts with family and friends of his. Um, that's not what I'm having a go at. I just don't. You know. Just. I'm not jumping on the bandwagon of this. Oh, he was a genius. Oh, he was one of a kind. He was I just. I don't get it. Don't get me wrong. He was skillful. He was a good player to watch. He was also a nasty bastard and wouldn't mind getting his studs involved. And I think there are two players playing at the minute that are better than him. Yeah, I see you mean Jordan Henderson and uh, Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's fair enough. I mean I, I I can appreciate your point of view. I don't. I certainly had a discussion, didn't we, in the WhatsApp chat earlier this week? Um, I am of the. Th- I mean, for me, I don't know how you feel, Zach. You've got Mar- Maradona and Pele from the seventies and eighties, primarily the seventies and the eighties, and then you've got Messi and Ronaldo here um, in the in the modern day. Zach, yeah, Zidane of- through the north, Zidane and Ronaldo during the noughties, right? And then... Yeah, yeah, potentially, yeah, yeah, as well. I, th- I think that you have two outstanding players of every generation. Zach, you think that he is above all? There is yeah, no peer I for Maradona. Think Maradona has a peer. The best, the best player to have played the game. So I, th- I think Maradona is one of those players that you read about. And uh, I think what I think what it was as well with Maradona, and I, I see your, I see your point, Dan, about the, the fact that Messi, Ronaldo, they are great players, of course. Um, but I think back in the seventies and eighties, you wouldn't have had that exposure to these foreign players until they, unless they played in England. Um, and I think Maradona would have had that exposure if he played today. And Christ alive, Ronaldo, Messi would not have survived some of the some of the play he was playing with back in those days. It's like the fucking Wild West. Played in Argentina, then going over to Spain, and then going over to Italy. There, he had. I think he holds the record being fouled the most times in a game. It's something ridiculous, like 35, 40 times in one match. The referee blew up. And do you know what? The player that was um, Gentile, he was a uh, defender at Juventus back when he was in Italy. He fouled him 36 times or something fucking mad like that. And Maradona actually got booked before he did. For, for, for protesting that he was getting kicked all over the park. Um, I mean, the, the rumours about Maradona, I mean, well, I don't want to talk too much about his personal life because that's well documented and, you know, this is a football show. Um, but, you know, he's... I don't know if he is the only player, but he's he's how, he's broken his own transfer, world transfer records, uh, moving from Boca to Barca. For five million quid was a world transfer fee, and then moved to Napoli for six point nine million pounds, which was again at the time another world record transfer fee. You can't be a bad player; that happens to you twice in a row. Um, made his debut uh, for Argentinos Juniors at fifteen. Uh, made his Argentina debut um, at sixteen, um, and I think Dan, what you're the, the the argument I would fire back to you with regard to Messi and Ronaldo. Maybe maybe not levelled against Ronaldo much, but Messi certainly is that Maradona 
dragged a very poor Argentina side to uh, a, a World Cup win. Uh, no, I, I would I would agree with you. That's something certainly Messi has never been able to do. I, mean, um, in, I would add to that that Messi isn't capable of dragging a very poor Barcelona team. Anywhere. I mean, he carries them now, doesn't he? Well, maybe for the last season or two. But I mean, to look at to look at Ronaldo. So, just for instance, Maradona had thirty-four international goals. Ronaldo's got a hundred and two. Yeah, but you did only play internationals like during major competitions during that time. There weren't a thousand friendlies played every year. I mean, we are talking apples and apples and oranges, yeah, aren't we? Yeah. I think it, so, it, so, yeah. like, so, you know, Dan, you brought didn't you in our in our pre pre-show chat was about the fact that trying to analyze two different time zones time time periods is is, is impossible because you know, i could sit here all day and say maradona was better than messi because messi couldn't have handled it back in uh back in the, the 80s when when maradona had to wear two shin pads two sets of shin pads on both feet he had one shin pad at the front one shin pad at the back but then maradona today i don't think would i mean i think a lot of football players wouldn't have the fitness to to play the games that you have depends today. Depends how much I mean, cocaine you take, Dan. Have you seen what that does to a player? You are. Depends how much cocaine you have, doesn't it? <laughs> Very <laughs> true. Before a game. I mean, I mean, you've only got to look at some... You look at his time at, at Boca Juniors, where he made his name, of course, got his move to Barcelona. Didn't have the best of times at Barcelona. Let's, that's, that's probably the best way of saying it. He won the Copa del Rey... Um, with them, he, he there's a very famous. He had his ankle broken by um, Andoni Goretzka, I should say. I think that's how you pronounce it. The basically the butcher of Bilbao was his was his nickname. Um, <laughs> and he and he got this he got this name after this tackle he put on. And he's have you guys if you are watching this have a go on YouTube and look at uh, butcher of Bilbao tackle Maradona something like that. He he he, he oh, it's it's it's, a, it's, a, it's an assault. Um, he breaks Maradona's ankle. Maradona's out for three months. Um, what basically then happens is they play each other in the league, in the cup final the year after, and this is the very very famous video going around of when Maradona basically starts a riot on the football pitch mm-hmm. when there's kick, there's players flying in, kicking each other's heads in because uh, basically getting, getting tackled and there was some, some some stuff there. So it's time at Barcelona, and that was his last game. Didn't end particularly well, um, but I think what a lot of people will remember him for is his time at Napoli. Um, again, moving there in 19, uh, 1984. So he didn't win the league. He didn't, it's not like he went there immediately and trans, transformed them overnight into a great war, a great side that went and won the Scudetto. Took him a few years, 1987, uh, well, 86, 87, when he won his first league title. Um, and just the, the measure of the man, the, the celebrations went on for a week <laughs> in Naples. <laughs> Um, they don't do things by arse over there in Italy, to be fair. Uh, they held mock funerals for Juventus and Inter. Um, and I think what Maradona does well, and I think he probably should have been a part, he, he can play sides very, very well. So in Italy, think of the two major things that happened in his career. You have the 1986 World Cup, which he dragged Argentina to win. And obviously the big game was against England. That let's, let's, we'll get this one out of the way. I don't want to talk too much about it because it's been done left. It's been done to the hills the last week. That game against England. Hand of God. We've all seen it. We all know what happened. Cheated. Yes, you're completely right. I think that taints his, his, 
his legacy in England, certainly. Obviously, he gave him hero status in Argentina. Um, and then, of course, the goal of the century four minutes later shows you both sides at quite a poignant game, almost, isn't it, Zach? That four minutes of that will to win and will yeah. do anything to win a football game, which makes you a genius sometimes. We've seen it in, you know, Can and Arsia Suarez is the players who've gone on the line to win every single game. And then that genius of the footballer with the ball at his feet, which is arguably, is that still the best goal of the last century for you, Zach? Yeah, oh, just unrivaled. Um, on on that stage against the enemy. team that were probably the favourites to win it with the political climate of the Falklands making yep. everything just that much charged wasn't it you could probably yeah. say and against probably one of the best defences in the world yeah yeah uh, I could be probably that's and, one and, he, and uh, he makes it look like he is on a different planet to the rest of them I think the bit about the goal for me is to turn right at the start yeah that's the nicest bit it takes him, and it sort of—I wouldn't say it opens up from this. Isn't like John Barnes at the American R against Brazil in a friendly, but the fucking like part of the waves. People are, are trying to kick him as he's going through. Yeah, um, they didn't do a very good job of it. No, they didn't. No, and Peter Shilton—he's not come out in, in very good form. I don't think this week he comes across as a very bitter man still, all about it. Um, I don't think it's been good form from him in the past week, but that just shows you, I think, in a snapshot of four minutes how. Mad Cappy is one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum could go with... He can win your football game by hook or by crook. One way, you know, by bending the rules, by cheating, you could say. And then by scoring arguably the best goal the world's ever seen at the other. Um, I think that he could play sides very well. Go it, And he's he done it in the biggest moments as well. I don't forget he scored two in the semi-final of that competition as well. They won, they won 2-1 against Belgium. He scored both goals in that game. But you said, Zach, with the Falklands war behind everything going on, um, and then in Italy, the reason why he's so revered in, in Naples was the fact that it was a big north-south divide in Italy with the fact that the north and the south, they hate each other because of the socio-economical reasons. Um, the north looked down on the south. Um, he's gone there and he's, he's helped deliver that first title for a southern Italian team as well. Um Left Napoli in a bit of disgrace, but I think one of the, with a failed drugs ban, tested positive for cocaine, got a 15-month ban. Um, but I think one thing that I think sums up Maradona is the Italian 90 World Cup when Italy play Argentina in the semi-final of that competition in Italy. And where do they hold the game? Napoli's ground, Sao Paulo. And the majority of the Naples, Napoli fans actually support an Argentina. Very much like a... I'd, I'd almost say like a, a, in a, in a very scouse way of doing things. Like they don't, they're not, they don't see themselves as English. Like the Nepalese don't see themselves as Italian. They see themselves as, as, as Nepalese. And, and Neapolitan, I suppose, is the term you would say. They are Neapolitan rather than being Italian. They were actually celebrating... Argentina's goals. Well, like Catalonian. Yeah yeah, 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 very much the same. Yeah, you would say they see themselves in the region. They've got their own flag, which is different from the Barcelona flag. Exactly. Well, yeah, the Barcelona flag incorporates it. But yeah, yeah, exactly what exactly what you mean. Um, and I think that was the mark. And he literally they they celebrated him rather rather than their own country. But of course, 
he, he then you know left Napoli under this this fifteen this fifteen month ban. USA '94. Everyone remembers the celebration, the big bulging eyes. Like like I said, it's like an eyes were going to pop out of his head. But you know, for me, for me, the greatest ever. I think to do it, it hurts me to say that being an Englishman, it really does. But um, he also played for Spurs, Zach, didn't he, for one game in a testimonial? Half a game. Half a game. Half a game in a testimonial. <laughs> Half a game. Yeah. Is he is he is he not in the Spurs Hall of Fame yet? I'm surprised he's not in there. To be I honest. think I think there's probably a picture of him somewhere in the new stadium hanging up. Uh, if not, there will be now. If not, there will be now. But uh, Dan, you're still not convinced. You still you still think that maybe Messi, Messi, and Ronaldo probably up there. Titles. 30 for Ronaldo, 34 for Messi, 129 European goals for Ronaldo, 118 for Messi. I couldn't find Maradona's equivalent European goals, but I'm going to bet you it's not as many. <laughs> I'm not going to take that bet. You're, 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 you're right on that one. You are right on that one. Uh, but I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you what bet I might take, whether his goals-to-game ratio was better. In 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 what capacity? That he... in in European competition. Yeah. I I'll, I'll take a fiver with you that that's not the fact. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll work that one out and we'll see uh, we'll see what the outcome of that one is. I have to have a look during the break uh, during our halftime break of the watch long. Um, but that nineteen eighty six World Cup, you know, he, that was him at his his peak. That sort of like eighty six to ninety when he was at Napoli as well, was when he was probably arguably the best player in the world. I don't know how he never won. I don't know if he ever did actually win Ballon d'Or. I don't think he actually did, ever did win Ballon d'Or. Um, but it's a good boys award. You're not going to get it for snorting <laughs> No, that's no, You're probably right. You're probably right on that one. Um, but, you know, he had 71% uh, goal... What's the word? For? Contributions in that World Cup. Either scored or assisted 10 out of the 14 goals they scored um, in that competition. And I think that's what a lot of people, that was the first time you ever really saw, you only ever saw foreign football, if it was a European Cup final, or your team was in Europe, or during the World Cup. I think that's when he first sort of burst on the scene for a lot of a lot of people. Um, but yeah, for, for me, the best to ever do it. Zach said you probably agree with me on that Absolutely. one. Dan, we'll see. Messi and Ronaldo probably edge it for you for that oh, but, um... no, not edge it like uh, <laughs> barn door better <laughs> fair enough let us know in the comments guys if you agree is Ronaldo and or Messi definitely definitely cut that part out and put it up on YouTube with Dan saying that because yes. that will <laughs> that will attract a lot of attention that will definitely we will have to put that one up there but uh the barn door. He was. That's going to be the title of the podcast. Well, he is barn door. <laughs> a barn door better than Maradona. Let me just write that one down. Um, so yeah, that's our Maradona review. Great player. Obviously, very uh, troubled in his uh, outside life. But yeah, rumours of the mafiosi being involved and everyone like that. But um, yeah, rest in peace, Diego. You got one over on us in '86. Fair play to you. Um, but yeah, respect to his family and friends, of course. Uh, we'll move on into our second hot topic, which is our, we're only doing two today, and this is the return of fans to football games, um, which has been allowed. We're actually allowed to go now by the government. Uh, for those of us who are watching who are not in the United Kingdom, uh, we come out of lockdown on Wednesday, the 2nd of December, this Wednesday coming up, of course, 
and we've been nicely put into different tiers uh, of how ill we all are. Um, 99% of the population are in the top two tiers, there's one, two, and three. One being the easiest, laxed tier, where you can go to the pub, and you can have 4,000 people go into a, an outdoor sporting event. Uh, most of us are in tier two, which is 2,000, and then there are some poor fuckers in tier three. Uh, which means you can't pretty much do anything. You are in lockdown, but you can go to the shops. Uh, Zach, Spurs, Tottenham are in Tier 2. Uh, they are allowed 2,000 fans back in for their uh, next home game. How are Spurs going about it with regards to how you're going to get your season ticket holder? How are they uh, divvying up the tickets? They haven't actually said yet. No? no Interesting. It's... Um... We've been given a couple of surveys to fill out just in relation to what the us what our usual and indicated behaviour will be. So what time, how, you know, how long before the game do you arrive? How do you arrive? Yep. Would you, how would you stay? How long do you stay afterwards? Would you stay for longer if we did X, Y and Z? Um, I mean, with 2,000 people... I would anticipate that there will be some kind of proximity raffle and you will get the tickets if you, like they will allocate tickets, priority tickets to people who enter the ballot for them and you will get them as a priority based on proximity because you obviously don't want, and I don't think... Like take the North London Derby, for example, which is the first home game. Yeah. As much as you want to go to that game if you're a fan, are you seriously going to go from, say, somewhere like Wiltshire to a, what would, by all metrics, be considered a higher risk place to be, like London? where you're going to have to go into the centre of London to transport hubs and then out to North London and then back on all of this transport. It just doesn't seem like a, it doesn't seem like a sensible move. And I, th I think clubs are probably going to have to consider that. Like one of the options on this questionnaire that you fill out asks you whether you travel to the game by plane. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah. So, yeah. uh, I predict that what you will see next week is you'll see an email come out probably Monday morning that says, click here to enter the ballot if you want to come. The, the ballot will be selected based on a hierarchy of criteria, the first of which will be proximity. Yeah, you don't want people travelling all over the country, do you, Dan, to, to congregate in one area? Um, no, no, well, I mean, ideally not, ideally not, but, um, I believe Arsenal are doing it differently, they're doing it in terms of, uh, gold and premier members, um, they, they will have the first come, first serve, um, only to those categories, yeah, um, that's how they're doing theirs, which is fair enough. Um, I've not read anything as to whether it will be within size, I don't know, let's say the M25 or not. Um, 
I've not read anything on that basis, but uh, it's going to be it's going to be good just to hear a few fans. But I think Arsenal are the first team as well doing it um, on Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, I've heard that Chelsea are uh, coming in a bit of fire because they're charging people seventy five quid um, for a ticket uh, to go into the ballot. I think I've only read it. At- Read it uh, very quickly this morning. I think they charge seventy five pounds for a ticket uh, for their first home game. Um, I know Liverpool; they're doing theirs by proximity. So I think anyone in an L four postcode who's season ticket older, um, I think it's priority. I think I think I might be right, um, but they're they're certainly proximity. Um, I was actually scheduled to have a chat at some point today with um, the Charlton Athletic. Who's uh, sorry, sorry, Ken, carry on. Sorry, mate, go on. Who's charging seventy quid for uh, Chelsea? Yeah, seventy-five quid. Yeah, yeah, apparently so. Um, but I, I was meant to be having a chat today with uh, Thomas Thomas Sangard of uh, Charlton. Uh, hopefully, I'll get to get to him at some point this week um, about the having having fans back. Cause they're in tier two, very much like Spurs um, and Swindon Town, of course, where we live is, is in tier two. Um, so hopefully I can have some conversation with him and I'm going to ask him about the pricing of games, you know, the finances behind it. Is it worth getting fans in if you've got to police it, if you've got to have medical staff there, et cetera, et cetera. They're only going to be at 7% capacity, um, et cetera. So it'll be an interesting, I hope you have an interesting conversation at some point uh, next couple of days if we're interested, but we'll put it on the libero. But um, yeah, Liverpool doing proximity. But Charlton Athletic, they're saying, again, this is again government guidance. If you live in a tier three area, uh, you can't go to the game. So um, it's not about what where your team is; it's what tier they're in as well. So if you lived in, I think, is it Kent that's got quite a lot of uh, tier three towns in? Um, if you live in Kent and you're a Charlton Athletic fan, if you live in a tier three area, you can't actually go and watch your team, regardless they're regardless they're in tier two. I believe it's the same for Manchester because obviously they're in. So Old Trafford will still be closed. Yep. So there's nine teams in the Premier League. They're in tier three at the minute. Now, this is a fairness thing. Do you think it's fair, Zach, that teams, some teams have fans, some teams don't? That's an interesting question. I suppose it depends how much you think fans really make the difference. Um, I've, I've been you looking at teams at the bottom of the league and you say they're three difficult away days to go to at home, at home a full packed Burnley or Sheffield United. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it it helps that you've basically got a token number of fans. Uh, yeah. I, I'm going to say no, simply because I, I don't think that it is... Attendance at football matches is never a fairness thing anyway. Some grounds have a capacity of 60,000, some have a capacity of 25. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, is that fair? Um... Yeah, so I, I, actually, I think, I think fairness is probably a moot, a moot factor yeah. in it. Dan, did you agree with that? Do you think it's fair? I think it's fair. Yeah. So I mean, mean, to be two thousand lone voices in the. I mean, you know, there's a reason why they're in certain tiers is because, you know, the cases are going through the roof. If you behave yourself, and just wear a mask like you're being asked to, then. You probably won't be in tier three. Quite simple. Fair enough. Uh, look at it from that different point. Yeah, point of view from a per- public health point of view. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I agree. For for those who are listening, there are 
said nine teams who are in tier three. So the following teams will not have fans at their games. Uh, Burnley, Leeds, Leicester, Man City, Man United, Newcastle, Sheffield United, West Brom and Wolves. So uh, they'll be the teams that are not going to have fans um, end for the next at least two weeks until this is reviewed on the 16th of December. Um, should be interesting. Man, uh, Man, Man, Man City never fill their ground anyway, so that won't matter. <laughs> no, enough. That's very true. Allegedly, they don't. Allegedly, they don't. But they'll, they'll say they'll say they look at tickets sold. Well, um, why, why does why does their manager complain that there's no one there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, it's all it's all a made up thing, apparently, according to City fans on Twitter. <laughs> um, just a quick question, and the last one for the podcast. Quick yes or no. Uh, Dan, would you be safe on returning to football? Going to a football game? Would you be happy to go? Yes. Zach? I mean, I would go to a Swindon game, but I wouldn't. I won't be applying for, to travel to London for games. No, I, fair enough. I would, go, I would go to Arsenal. Fair I, th- I think if it's more for me going to London is more dangerous than... Yeah, it's I, getting, to, getting I mean, to the ground is more dangerous than it is actually being at the ground. I, I suppose it's different for you, Dan, because you live alone. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So that's you, true. you can kind yeah, of do do what you want to suit yourself. Whereas, I think it would probably be irresponsible to just increase by exponential factors your the risk that you're going to get it if you've got to worry about family members and stuff at home. Yeah, yeah, no, no, absolutely, absolutely. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. Uh, right, guys, we're going to call time on our Libero podcast and second half of the show. So thank you all for listening. Of course, you can get our podcast on Spotify, on iTunes, anywhere else you can get your podcast from. Uh, and it will be up on Monday, which is tomorrow, the 30th of November. So we'll get that one on. So thank you for listening.